like to better understand the Bible? How can you grow as a Christian and find personal peace? What happens at the second coming of Jesus? What is the relevance of Bible prophecy today? How do you identify a cult? What happens when you die? Here is your opportunity to find answers to these and many other questions by exploring 30 not only relevant, but life-changing topics that await your discovery. Welcome to Search for Certainty. I'm glad you could join us. I'm your host, Gail Fong, and with me in the studio today is Hannah Nakagawa. Welcome, Hannah. Thank you, Gail. Well, today we're going to be looking at what's behind rising crime, violence and immorality. So this follows on last time we were sharing together and studying together. We studied about the judgment. But what's behind the dramatic increase in violent crime in our society? A major U.S. magazine describes the American nation as America the violent. Another article tragically stated that 23,700 people were murdered in America in a recent year. The average 18-year-old has witnessed 200,000 violent acts on television, including 40,000 murders. That truly is a lot of violence. Murder, robbery, rape, school violence, drugs, terrorism. What's going wrong? Why is the moral fabric of society disintegrating? Is there an answer? Our society appears to be drifting on an uncharted sea without a moral compass. We seem to be wandering in confusion, desperately looking for some North Star to guide us. Well, in our lesson today, we'll discover the truth about what's gone wrong with our society and God's solution to crime and violence in the 21st century. Hannah, would you open with prayer for us as we begin. Sure. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much that you have given us the Word and given us the Bible. Thank you that we can come to your words and learn the truth. And Father, uh, we know that we cannot understand without you. So please fill us with your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that you will you will be the teacher. You will guide us, lead us. And I pray that you will touch our heart. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Hannah. Well, we're going to open with this question. What urgent call does God give to a society living on the verge of social collapse and moral decay? Mm. We're turning to the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 7. Bible says, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. So fear God and give glory to him. That's the message. That is the message, Mm. Hannah, there. To fear God means to respect or reverence God. It's a a call to obedience. Mm. God's call to judgment implies accountability and moral choices. It's a call to a higher standard, a standard outside of ourselves. Mm. How 
do we fear or respect God? Let's turn to the ancient book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12 and verse 13. I think we were in that book the last time we studied together. Ecclesiastes, chapter 12 and verse 13. It says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Interesting. So, we fear God by keeping his commandments, mm. by being obedient. It's man's all, man's duty. Well, is our own heart or mind an adequate judge of what is right or wrong? What does Jeremiah write in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 9? It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Mm. This is a very strong word, deceitful above all things. So it's very deceitful that we don't even know that we are deceived. So it's very um, dangerous to follow our heart. That's so true, Hannah. Since our natures are fallen, our hearts deceive us at times. Mm. It's easy to justify our behavior based on our own personal desires. We need a higher standard outside of ourselves. Mm. That is so true. Well, how does the Bible describe those who trust in their own minds to guide them in making moral decisions? We turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 28 and verse 26. It says, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. I like that proverb. Mm. That's very powerful. Yes. So those who trust their own insight are foolish. Yes. But the society always tells us, follow your heart, follow your what you think, what you like, what you desire. That's what the world tells us. But the Bible said that is fool if we follow our heart and trust ourselves. But to walk in wisdom, mm. the wisdom of God's word, <laughs> it's not I'll do it my way. Yes. That's a dangerous path. Well, in Revelation, the Bible's last book, what did John see in God's temple in heaven in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 19? It says, then the temple of God was open in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. And there were lightning, noises, thunderings, and earthquake and great hail. Wow. So the temple of God, as it was opened, what became visible, Hannah? Ark of his covenant. Wow. When God commanded the Israelites in the Old Testament to build a sanctuary, he commanded them to make the Ark of the Covenant to contain the tables of stone or the Ten Commandment law. Mm. So the temple in heaven containing the Ark of the Covenant contains God's law, the foundation of his character. Revelation's answer to lawlessness is found in heaven at God's throne in his eternal standard of righteousness, his law. Well, the law of God 
is a transcript of his character, a description of his will. Without the law, there is no sin. Mm. Hannah, would you read for us Romans chapter 4 and verse 15? Sure. It says, Because the law brings about wrath, wrath, and where there is no law, there is no transgression. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Yes. No law, no transgression. That's nothing right. to show that you've done anything wrong. Mm, that's very interesting. If there's no law, then there's no sin, no saviour then. We don't need a saviour if we're mm. not sinners. Wow. <laughs> it would have been senseless for God to come to rescue us, mm. rescue us if there was no sin, no sinners. That is true. What is the function of God's law? Romans 3 and verse 20. It says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So the function of God's law is never to save us, Hannah. Mm, It is the knowledge of sin. We can know what sin is, what, what is right and wrong. Through the law. Yes. Hannah, what is the eternal, unchangeable standard of God's government? What does the psalmist write in Psalms 111, verses 7 and 8? 111, verse 7 and 8, it says, The works of his hands are verity and justice. All his precepts are sure. They stand fast forever and ever, and are done in truth and uprightness. Wow. So all his precepts are sure. sure. I like that. And they stand fast. Forever and ever. Wow. What about Psalm 89 and verse 34? It says, My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Mm. He will not break his law. He would not change his word. Wow, God's commandments truly are trustworthy. Yes. And they truly stand fast forever. Mm. Well, God's law is the basis of his government. It was established to ensure the peace, order, harmony, and unity of the universe. A broken law brings sorrow, suffering, bondage, and death. Maybe, Hannah, you could look up Proverbs chapter 5 and verse 22. Sure. Proverbs 5, 22, it says, His own iniquities entrap the wicked man, and he is caught in the cause of his sin. So, yes, we can be held captive Mm. by our sin. Mm. We become a slave to our sins, really. That's right. I guess it's, if if you've ever been addicted to something, I've seen... I've seen family members that have been addicted to well, cigarettes, for instance, mm. and I remember the struggle that they had in overcoming mm. that habit. And they said, oh, we're not, I'm not addicted to this. But the truth of the matter was they truly were. Mm. But it took something very, very drastic. Uh, they got seriously ill, and it was at that time 
that they said just throw the cigarettes away, mm. which I thought was fantastic. And they've never looked back and never taken it up again. Wow. And I see that as the power of God. Mm. But addiction, when you're addicted to something, mm. you truly uh, struggle to, sur- to overcome that. That's right. That's right. And I do. I did see that God gave them strength at that time mm. to. Um, That's true. Overcome that addiction. Mm. In a sense that we are all addicted to sin. It it might be different. Everyone has a different struggle, different sin. But without God, we are all addicted to something. But only God can break the bondage and actually give us the victory. The that power. is so true, Hannah. And it doesn't matter what it is. Mm. If it is standing between us and God, we are mm. truly in bondage. Yes. Yes. What does Romans chapter 6 verse 16 say as well? And verse 23 on that. Verse 16 said, Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey? You are the one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. Mm. Verse 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's the option again. That's right. That's right. The mm. gift that God gives to each one of us that we need to accept. Because, yes, Hannah, as you said before, we've actually, we all deserve death. death. Mm. We've all broken God's holy law. Mm. Wow. To what does the Bible compare God's law? James chapter 1, verse 23 to 25. The Bible says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. And verse 25. Yes. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So the law is like a mirror. Mirror, yes. That enables us to see ourselves Mm. and recognize our need of Saving grace shows us where the smudges are (laughs) in our character or in our heart. Mm. The law reveals what sin is. Mm. Without the law, we may think that we're doing okay. That's right. It provides a moral standard outside of ourselves. We may, we may have no idea what sin is in our own standard, in our own judgment. That's why we need this uh, moral standard outside of ourselves to tell us how you're being. That's so true. And it's not until you look into the law that you actually see where the smudges are in your character. Mm. Mm. What is the role of grace in all of this? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. 
the Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. Wow. So God saves us by his grace. That's right. Mm. But we have to believe. Mm. That's right. Because God has died for all of us. Grace is always there. But we need to reach that grace through our faith. Um, it's always um, the grace is there, parcel source is there, but we need to connect with a, um, I don't know what to say, but <laughs> yeah, we need to connect to it. We can't take credit for it, Hannah, isn't That's right. it? <laughs> because it is God's gift mm. to us. Well, grace is God's unmerited favor to bring us back into harmony with him. The sole basis of our salvation is grace. Amen. Grace has always existed. It means pardon, mercy, love, and kindness. And we've got some verses here. Let's see. Let's look up Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8. Genesis chapter 6. And verse eight. eight, it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That's interesting, Hannah. Mm. Now, Noah, what task did God give to Noah? Uh, well, Noah had to, um, yeah, preach um, 120 years that the flood is coming and calling people to be ready for that. Mm. So his character, God could see that he had he was a, a person that was faithful to God. Yes. He'd accepted God. Mm. And I love that right there in Genesis there was grace. That's right. It's not something just only found in the New Testament. Mm. But very much so right there in the book of Genesis. Yes. Well, what about Romans chapter four verses? 1 through to 4. Romans chapter 4, 1 to 4. Yes. It says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our father, has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he was something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture said? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. So Hannah, what did what did Abraham do that was accounted to him for righteousness? He believed God. Believed God. And it's not really like do. <laughs> it's believe. Mm. And the, the biggest test was saved for him in his latter years when God asked him to sacrifice his son Isaac. Isaac, yes. He didn't question it. Mm. He just obediently followed the instruction with an extremely heavy heart. Yes. Not understanding, but not questioning, mm. but just trusting God mm. and believing. The Bible says that he could even raise Isaac from the grave because it was through this son that he had been told that his descendants would be as the stars of the heaven or as the sand of the sea. Yes. And so he's known as the father of the faithful. He's mm. called a friend of God. But yes, he believed God's word mm. and he never had to sacrifice Isaac That's because right. God provided a ram caught mm. in the thicket. Mm. Just at that moment when he was going to take the life of his son, 
because God had something deeper to show him. Mm. That that is the gospel message, Mm. that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. So we understand God sacrificed so much better because of the test that Abraham had. Mm. But yes, he believed God and it was accounted to him for Amen. righteousness sake. What about Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through to 8? says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the age to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness, toward us in Christ Jesus, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of, of yourself, it is the gift of God. Wow. So for ages to come, Hannah, it, our right to heaven will always be because of God's grace. Amen. Amen. Grace frees us from the condemnation of the law. By grace, we pass from death to life. By faith, we accept the grace of God. We like to look up Romans chapter 3 and verse 28. The Bible says, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Yes, because the law is only there Mm. to show us what sin is. That's its purpose. Yeah. This verse tells us how we are justified or made right with God mm. because keeping the law is not the basis of our salvation. Mm. So, yes, Hannah, as you read there, uh, we are made right with God through faith, not by obeying his law. Mm. And that's the confusion so Christian world may want to throw out God's law, but the law serves the purpose That's of right. showing us mm. what sin is. Mm. Amen. Well, does faith give us freedom to break God's law? Mm. Romans 3 verse 31. It says, Do we then make void of the Lord through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. Hmm. So Paul's not throwing out the law. That's right. <laughs> but establishing it there. Yeah. What about Romans 6 and verse 15? It says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Certainly not. Hmm. So the law shows us that we're guilty mm. and then we run to Jesus mm. because we need a saviour. Yeah. And he offers us grace Mm. because he's taken our place. What is the converted person's relationship to God's law? Romans 7 verse 22. 
It says, For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man.、Mm. So, I delight. We, we, we love God's law. That's right. The Holy Spirit writes God's law upon our heart.、Mm. Well, Billy Graham has a question. Some religious people I know tell me that the Ten Commandments are part of the law and do not apply to us today. They say that as Christians we are free from the law. Is that right? Hannah, what, did, what was the answer that Billy Graham gave? Answer No, it is not right. And I hope you will not be misled by these false opinions. It is very important to understand what the New Testament means when it says that Christians are free from the law. It certainly does not mean that they are free from the obligation of the moral law of God and、um, at liberty to sin. Conversion always leads us to delight to do God's will. When Christ changes our heart and converts us, we have one supreme desire to obey Him. He has done so much for us that we gladly serve Him. Obedience is not a legalistic requirement, it is part of a loving heart's response to God. Wow.、Mm. I love that. Amen. We have a verse for that. John chapter 14 and verse 15. What did Jesus teach his disciples about the importance of keeping his law? John 14 15. If you love me, keep my commandments.、Mm, amen. So they go together. That's right. Love and obedience.、Mm. Did Jesus teach that he came to do away with God's law? Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Matthew 5, 17 and 18, it says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, Till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the Lord till all is fulfilled. So Jesus didn't come to destroy the law. That's right. He didn't. And、um, one jot or one tittle, just a little thing in the law, it cannot be changed、um, at all. Wow.、Mm. What is the genuine test? Of knowing God. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through to 5. 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 to 5, it says, Now by this we know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. He who says, I know Him and does not keep His commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. But whoever keeps His word, truly the love of God is perfected in Him. By this, we know that we are in Him. That's a powerful verse, don't you think, Hannah?、Mm. The evidence of the internal change called conversion is a changed life. Grace always leads to obedience.、Mm. The more we love God, the more we desire to obey Him. Wow. It becomes a natural. Outflow、mm. from the heart. Yes. 
That's true. Some other religion may have this idea of oh, you do good things, maybe count good things and also bad thing, and you know calculate. And if it's there's more good things, like you will be saved. But it's not about that. We are saved through by by um, grace through faith, and when we are saved, we just want to do. Um, yeah, good. We just want to please go. We, um, yeah, we just want to um, follow him. Amen. Mm. That's so true, Hannah. I was watching this documentary on the weekend, and uh, it was uh, in the <clears throat> mountains be- behind Bangladesh, and very sincere people were using the prayer wheels just round and round and round. They hold them and just rattle them around and around because I think as the more prayer you say, the more merit you get mm. with your God. But that's not the God we serve. No. He's looking for a sincere heart, a heart that will turn to him in love mm. and obedience, the yes. genuineness of mm. our faith. In Revelation's final call to a planet rapidly disintegrating into lawlessness, how does God describe his people in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12? The Bible says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Wow. Mm. A genuine commitment to God leads to loving obedience. We've said that a few times throughout this Bible study. At the end time, God will have a group of people who reveal to the whole universe the joy of living obediently. They have been saved by grace. They love God so much that they enthusiastically obey him. They accept his standards of conduct. They're convinced his way is best. It's interesting, Hannah, there are so many verses in the scripture and some we've already looked up. But there are verses in the scripture that describe God's character. Mm. And there are verses in the scripture that describe God's holy law. Mm. And the interesting thing is that God's law and God's character are the same. Yes. And perhaps we could just look up a verse or two on that because God is perfect. God is a God of truth. God is holy and just and good. God is unchanging. God is spiritual. God is love. God is righteousness. But his holy law is also all these things. Mm. So it would make sense that coming from our God who is holy, pure, true, righteous, unchangeable, that the law that would govern the universe would reflect our God's character. So, Hannah, if you would look up for us, let's look up Romans chapter 7 and verse 12. Sure. Romans 7 verse 12. It says, Therefore, the law is holy and the commandment holy and just and good. Excellent. Mm. So that's talking about God's law. Mm -hmm. Hannah, if you would look up for us uh, about God's character, 
Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 3. Sure. It says, And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Amen. Mm. So the law is holy and God is holy. Holy, yes. He's also just and good. Mm. Hannah, what about, let's look at the word love. Love. And we'll go to Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40. We're looking at God's law being a law of love. Yes. 37 to 40. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Excellent. So God's law is a law of love. That's right. The first four commandments teach us how to love God. Mm. The last six, how to love our fellow man. Yes. Hannah, if you would read for us in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8, this verse tells us about God's character. It says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. So God's character is love, his law is a law of love. Mm. What about truth? Let's have a look at this. In Psalms 119 and verse 142, what does the Bible say about God's law? In Psalm 119 and verse 142, it says, Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and your law is truth. Excellent. Mm. So God's law is truth. Let's have a look at God's character in the book of John, the Gospel of John, John chapter 14 and verse 6. It says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Wow. So God also is a God of truth. Yes. I like this one too in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 18. I think we did read it before, but Hannah, if you wouldn't mind reading it again, talking about God's law as being an unchangeable law. Yes. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Wow. So it's an unchangeable law. Mm. Now we want to look at God's character in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. It says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, all sons of Jacob. Okay, we'll just look at one more verse. There are so many verses we could look up, Hannah, but I'd like to finish on this one in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 16, because God promises to place his law where? Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 16. 
show. It says, "This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days," says the Lord. "I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them." Amen. Wow, to have God's law written upon our hearts. Mm. Well. Hannah, since I love Jesus with all my heart, I choose to obey Him joyfully. I gladly accept the principle of His law as the guide of my life. Amen. And I pray that for those listening, that this would be the desire of your heart as well. Shall we close in prayer? Our loving Father in heaven, we do thank you that. It is your desire to give us life, to give us an abundant life, and as we choose you, as we accept this wonderful, amazing grace that comes to us, not that we're deserving, but because we are sinners in need of a savior, as we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, that you write your holy law of love upon our heart, so that we delight to do your will. Heavenly Father, we're choosing to love Jesus. We're choosing to obey you, not because of fear, but because we truly love and respect you, and reverence you, and adore you for all that you have done and are doing, and will continue to do. Bless each person that's listening. I pray, may they discover the joy. Of walking with Jesus is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Hannah. I've really enjoyed this Bible study, and we'd like to thank our listeners for joining us as well. And until next time, may God bless you and go in peace. Questions or comments about any of the programs you've heard, you can call 3ABN Australia Radio within Australia on 02-4973-3456 or from outside of Australia on country code 612-4973-3456. Our email address is radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. That is radio at the number three abn australia all one word dot org dot au. Our postal address is three abn australia inc. PO Box seven five two Morissette, New South Wales two two six four Australia. Thank you for your prayers and financial support.
precious Lord Take my hand Lead me on Let me stand I am tired I'm weak I am warm Through the storm To the 
That was Marlita Fong singing Precious Lord, Take My Hand. And coming up next, Fernando Ortega will sing I Need Thee Every Hour. Welcome 
to healthy living around the world. I am on site at Center for Health in Bulgaria today, and with me is Rossi Erford. Welcome Hi. to the program, Rossi. Thank you. <laughs> it's lovely to have you with us, and it's lovely to be here too, visiting this place. Obviously, this is a lifestyle center where mm -hmm. we are at on location, and you have been working here, mm -hmm. I understand, for quite quite a bit of time is that right actually the first time i came before this place opened there was a short training a summer training and this is um the first time when i found out about lifestyle medicine and all these different treatments okay and uh, yeah later i did a longer course and this is when they invited me to help also in the health center mm. as part of the team oh good so what kind of things do you do in your work here Yeah, well, one of the main things is massages, also mm -hmm. helping with the hydrotherapies, teas, mm -hmm. and yeah, juices, smoothies, all these kind of things. Okay. Sometimes a little bit with um, yeah, health lectures, exercise, anything that's needed and that I can help with. Okay, so quite a variety of different sort of treatment things with, with the lifestyle guests. Isn't yeah, it? Uh, what I like about these places through the years, uh, I really loved the team I worked with, mm -hmm. the doctor and mm -hmm. uh, the other people from the team and they are really helping me develop in different areas I'm interested in and uh, yeah I really like that. That's good you've got those chances to gain experience. Yeah. Mm. So can you share with me maybe how you've come to appreciate lifestyle health principles? Uh, like obviously working in a lifestyle center you would naturally be picking up some things and applying them in your own life. Yeah. Can you share with them well, with me some of that? Appreciation really came with application. As mm -hmm. soon as I started applying it, seeing the benefits for myself, uh -huh. this is when I started getting excited about it and also sharing with others what mm -hmm. these principles, these simple things has done, have done in my life. Okay. Like exercise, whenever I have a lot of stress or many things to do or even more mental work, for example, this has been the best, uh, the more intense exercise I do or like Simple things like conscious showers, this is just so great for... It's giving me energy yes. <laughs> to manage better with what's coming. And uh -huh. yeah, just having experienced that, I can encourage also others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just as soon as I apply something and see how it works. Then you you begin to really appreciate it. Right, mm, yeah. Mm, very good. So is there one of those principles that you... Is your favorite that you actually really well, like to It's apply? the one that I'm really struggling with. And okay. I have to be in a really... On a regular basis, I'm struggling, but like when I have stressful moments, this is when I know I need it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like my emergency pill. Yes. But what I really love is healthy cooking and uh -huh. wild edibles, smoothies and all these things. Okay. I love experimenting with foods and uh, uh -huh. yeah, both with my husband, we are both interested in this area and yes. we just love cooking, baking and trying different tastes mm -hmm. and just seeing and also showing others how Healthy food can be also very tasty. Yes, that's <laughs> always good to hear and to try. <laughs> and there are just so many possibilities yes. with, with these foods. It's mm. just endless also when you start adding the different wild edibles from the different areas. They have mm. their own taste and it's interesting to learn. We've been traveling a lot around Europe and okay. learning about the different cultures and more specific way of, a specific way of eating. And yes. it's been really interesting to yes. learn and... Yeah, applying new things in our way of eating and... So yeah. you said something about wild edibles. Is yes. that like, is that greens or...? Yeah, that we pick uh, from the 
We're gonna go to the forest or the fields. Okay. Like dandelion and sting nettles and some ah, other. Interesting. Yeah. So you just gather these from out in the forests and yes. make smoothies or different cooking things yeah, with it. Yeah, I love sometimes eating them just like that or in of salads, course. smoothies. Ah. We can. We have even made like little candies from these. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, in combination with dates or honey and. Yeah. I just love the combination of greens uh-huh. and um, like sweet or yes. nuts or something like that, like in a smoothie. Uh-huh. Uh, it's my energy drinks. Interesting. <laughs> and what I appreciate about our edibles, mm. like for example in my country, mm. it's quite expensive to buy greens from the store. Ah, yes. And also the question comes, how, how do they grow these? Do mm. they use some pesticides? Or you mm. never know. So the best is, even if it's organic, mm. there's still a question mark. Yes, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. even though in European Union there are certain regulations, we're still, you never know what's yeah. being put on them. On yeah. the way to the store. Uh-huh. And so for me, the safest thing is I just go in a clean place in the nature where I know that it's clean and it has had enough sun. And the more I've been learning, they're really so dense in nutrients and they're yes. also free yeah so it's just so exciting yeah that i love is. these especially my sting nettle uh-huh. smoothie it's like people who drink coffee in the morning for me this is <laughs> you have your my energy drink it's just so tasty and yeah, yeah. i love and do you put it. fruit with it yeah well sometimes banana oh, yes. banana that's my favorite combination mm. but any other fruit will work okay. and i like to make it more like creamy yes with less liquid yes yeah but also with any milk like i love to make tahini milk it's just the easiest oh, okay. because it's not so easy to find vegan milks in my country so yes. i just put a little bit of tahini with water Nothing some fruits perfect. and the steam nettles and it's just the perfect ah, <laughs> yeah, start of the day <laughs> wow that's that's amazing that's that's so practical and simple but obviously yeah. and also benefits. cheap yeah <laughs> affordable that is a huge thing yeah. a lot of people struggle with food and yeah. paying for food and they although there's also the struggle of finding that the healthy food is more expensive and then exactly what to do <laughs> especially in the country like bulgaria we're still a developing country in the European mm. Union we entered later than other countries mm-hmm. and like in Germany it's very affordable to be uh, eating plant-based you can find everything sometimes even cheaper than mm. uh, yeah, eating a different type of diet but in Bulgaria people say how can I eat this way it's just I cannot afford it yes. but then you can show that you can get a lot of nutrients and even more just by this few simple yeah tips like picking greens and Probably, yeah. yeah just wild greens growing that's interesting that's that's so good thank you so much for sharing those things i'm sure that will be helpful <laughs> for people what i'm wondering now is how has your experience with living a healthy lifestyle influenced your spiritual life well i've really noticed whenever i am really keeping these things drinking water and doing exercise and eating this way uh, my mind so much more clear uh-huh. and also yeah, being in the sun, breathing fresh air it's the best medicine and also prevention against disease Yes. and whenever I would neglect it for some reason, be it stress or mm-hmm. yeah, too much to do and I'll just forget or neglect it, I just see right away how uh, my mind wouldn't be as clear when I sit and read my bible or mm. yeah, just any mental work actually is much harder takes more time to concentrate and mm-hmm. understand things as mm-hmm. out if 
I apply these principles during my day. Yes, yes. So it's really clear connection. Okay, uh, you've noticed yeah, quite clear connection. It's helping you to be sharpest, more spiritually yeah. as well as mentally. So that's that applies to everyday life in <laughs> exactly. what you do too, doesn't it? Yeah. Very good. Now, so if you were to meet someone, obviously you meet people a lot here in the center, people who are wanting to change their lifestyle. What kind of things would you tell them, um, I guess, that would be good strategies or principles to think about if they're wanting to make changes in yeah. their lifestyle? Well, one thing would be to make a to apply principles credibly as they can, make it possible in their schedule. Okay. Uh, like sometimes I put too high goals and then I get too disappointed uh. and uh, discouraged mm-hmm. early. Mm-hmm. When if I put like more possible goals and achieve them one by one. So it's like starting up with one thing, one principle, mm-hmm. one simple thing, like I'll drink two liters of water a day. Mm-hmm. When I create this habit and I make it without thinking too much, I can apply the next thing and uh-huh. then the next thing. And this way I will create these habits. Yes one by one and I'll build up to this lifestyle okay and eventually yeah. it'll, it'll be more and more successful with all the bits that yeah, than having ups and downs and uh, um, uh-huh. eventually giving up yes. too early from something that's really worth it yes okay if we just have the persistency and yeah yes okay that's I think that's a very good way to think about it because um, yeah, one step at a time <laughs> yeah perfect yes uh, yes no definitely because um we have a saying i don't know if it's over here in bulgaria Mm -hmm. but in australia sometimes we have this saying and it says you you eat an elephant one bite at a time (laughs) (laughs) in other words if something seems so big you just start small and you'll get there so that's so encouraging for people yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what you're sharing i think that's great well, thank you so much for sharing with us your experience thank you. and um, your, your little bits of advice. Um, we have been recording here on site at Center for Health Lifestyle Retreat in Bulgaria. And we've been talking with Rosi Erfert and uh, she's been sharing her experience. And um, thank you so much for listening to this program, Healthy Living Around the World. I'm your host, Casey Butler. God bless. Till next time. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.